This is Life of an Architect, a podcast dedicated to all things architecture with a little bit of life thrown in for balance. It's almost that gift-giving time of year, and if you have an architecture in your life, and if you're listening to the show, you probably do, you know that getting them a gift is not the amazing experience for anybody since they are undoubtedly offensively specific with what they want. But that's why Andrew and I are here. Now in its 13th year, Life of an Architect is putting out the increasingly difficult yet still definitive gift guide for architects, just so you don't have to figure these things out for yourself. Welcome to episode 114, Holiday Gift Guide for Architects. Special thanks to Construction Specialties for sponsoring today's holiday episode. Welcome to the Life of an Architect podcast. I'm Bob Borson. And I'm Andrew Hawkins. And today we're talking about gifts that you should give to other architects. And we're not talking about money because that would make for a really short podcast episode. (laughs) Yes, for sure. So we've come up with a list. Look, if you've been listening to the show for any length of time, or if you've been reading the Life of an Architect website, you'll know that this is, like I said in the beginning, year number 13. And I got to tell you, these lists are becoming unbelievably difficult to put together. No architect wants this much stuff. (laughs) Yeah, I know. And when you said definitive in the beginning, I was like, ooh, that's a little scary. That's a big word. I don't know if it's definitive or not, but hey. (laughs) You know what? It is definitive. I'm pretty sure that Life of an Architect was one of the very first outfits. Okay. Outfit being Bob. I gotcha. To put together this list. Okay, that's fair. So that's why it's definitive. We're the original. We're OG. You are the definer of it. Not that it's the definitive penultimate kind of list. Yeah, not it's the end all be all. Because then yes. what happens okay. next year? Yeah, okay. <laughs> it's ender <laughs> like, and more me. all. Yeah. Okay. So we've come up with a list of categories. Andrew went off into his cave and I went off into my cave and we came up with our list. I don't know what his is. He doesn't know what mine are. Nope, not at all today. But it, it's a competition for sure. You know that, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but this year, I am I feel like I'm on the losing end already from the start. Already? Okay. It was a hard year for me. And this is like year four or five for me. I've done a few before we started recording, but it's tough. This is tough. It is tough. Well, I like to think that I'm a man of simple needs. So I will say, if it's on my list, it's legit. That means I either own it or I actually do want it. That's the whole purpose of this list mm-hmm. is I can personally vouch as an architect, that architects will life this gift. I can say the same. The things that are on my list I want, which is why some of them this year may be a little mundane. (laughs) Back scratcher. Yeah, I know. Exactly. That's what it is. Lens cleaner. Here we go. Let's do it. (laughs) I will say that for a while, I kind of put the extra requirement on myself to come up with things that were inexpensive. Mm -hmm. So a lot of mine are not very expensive. Yeah. And then I got like through most of my list and I got to a couple and I'm like, Forget it. This is an expensive one. (laughs) I'll get into that and I'll explain. I feel like I can justify when I spent some money. Okay. Yeah. I think most of mine are pretty reasonable this year. I feel like. All right. So let's get to it. We're going to do the big reveal to one another and talk about them. And we're going to take turns. And so that means Andrew's going to kick things off with the best gift for your car. So number one, best gift for the car is a little bit specific to me. And the kind of car I drive, I think. But if anybody that drives an SUV or a hatchback, this is probably something that they could use. It's kind of a trunk, in air quotes, organizer. But it's a backspace organizer that hangs over the back seat, attaches to the headrest, so hangs mm-hmm. off of the back of the headrest for you, either your third row or your second row in your SUV where your trunk space is or in your hatchback. And it's got compartments. I mean, it almost is like... Kind of looks like backpacks. Yeah, sort of like backpacks, but they're suspended off the floor and they stay there. I mean, this is something I've been looking at for a while for my car, just because I like to keep things organized and neat. So even if I want to putting something there just to drive around town, it doesn't roll all over the place, do that kind of stuff. It keeps itself contained. So what, what, so what kind of stuff would, well, wait, what, so what kind of stuff would you put in there? Like paper towels and adult diapers and a blanket? Or- <laughs> I mean, a blanket. If I go to the grocery store, right, I can just dump a small bag, not the full on when I go and buy out the grocery store, but. If I just stop at the store to grab something, I can put it in there. But also, if I'm going on a trip with my kids somewhere, I can put snacks and stuff in there. 
Like I might put holiday presents in there or things like that. But on a daily basis, it's more just stuff I'm toting around the back of my car that I don't want flying all over the place. Might use one of these compartments to just have tools and things in it. All right. So they stay in the car all the time or my first aid kit could stay in there. I got you. I got you. So not too crazy. How much is this? This is like 50 bucks, 60 bucks, something like that. No, this one's only 40 bucks. Okay. So that's it. All right. Nice. Not unreasonable. The car one's hard for me. <laughs> you know, I had a different gift selected for my car and then I went, mm-hmm. that's dumb. I'm not using this one. So I recently had some issues with my daughter's car. So she's off at college and as a freshman in college, oh, she can't uh-huh. bring her car. So it's just parked in the garage. Mm-hmm. And I told my wife, I go, we really should drive her car every now and then, or it's going to have a problem. Yeah. Sure enough, dead battery. Yeah. And so I drove it around, you know, for like 40 minutes, got the charge up. It was fine. Went out there a couple hours later, turned it over. Not a problem. No. Went out there the next day, dead again. Dead. Yeah. So I had to go replace the battery. What it made me think about, you know, as a dad, I thought, what if my daughter like drove someplace and she's out in the middle of nowhere or there's no one else around and she has a dead battery mm-hmm. and she's like, hey. We've all been there. Like somebody goes, does anybody have jumper cables? Oh, sure. And nobody does. Mm -hmm. And it creates this huge problem. So what I put on my list, this is a lithium battery that you charge up like in your house. Mm -hmm. Or truth is you can actually charge it in your cigarette port. Cigarette lighter. Yeah. Yeah. And you can jumpstart your car by yourself with this battery. Mm -hmm. Which is, I go... There you go. That's using technology that didn't exist a couple of years ago. So now you don't need another human being to help jump your car. Mm-hmm. Which is especially good for your daughter or my daughter when they're around and there may not be anybody to help at all. Yeah. Look, and it's not very big. Oh, yeah. No, it's not. It's pretty small. It's pretty small. So uh, you can stick it just about, you can stick it in your little storage trunk. <laughs> my little thing that I just showed stay in the back of the car. Yeah. And so you can plug this in and open up your hood and jump your own car and be on your merry way and you're not going to be trapped out where, you know, nefarious people are. So. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I didn't put it in there because I was trying to make it to where it wasn't crazy expensive. You know, this is when I was like, oh, I'll keep things kind of, these are not cheap. So this is a hundred bucks. hundred bucks. Yeah. If you wanted to spend, and I'm talking to all the moms and dads that are out there, if mm-hmm. you wanted to spend just a little bit more, you can buy slightly bigger versions of this one. And it actually has a compressor as part of it. So you can actually, if you have a slow leak, you can actually air up a tire. Air up tires. Again, by yourself. So there's some consideration of that. So this is, this is me just being a thoughtful dad. Yeah. And that's really funny because actually the other gift that I had on my list was a portable little air compressor that would air up tires. Yeah. So, well, there you go. I'd have been seeing a lot of those lately that, and I think it's, there's been some improvements in the technology in the past couple of years that make them more viable than they were in the past for some reason. Well, you know, it's funny. This got put on my radar screen because my daughter's recent issues, but I was talking to a woman I work with in my office, Miranda. She has one of these for her car. She's like, I've had to use it a bunch of times. I was like, why don't you just get a new battery after a while? She's like, no, no, I've like used it to help other people. Like Uh, people going, does anybody have jumper cable? She's like, you don't need them. I got this. No, but I have this thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's cool. Okay, so there you go. That's category number one. On to category number two. Category number two. And this one is the best gift for your bar. You know, I got to tell you, this was a hard category for me because you know I like my bar stuff. Mm-hmm. So I have one category of things. But in my category of things, there's three actual things. Okay. So you've cheated. (laughs) I'm thorough. It's not a cheat. It's not three separate gifts. It's not like it could be an A or a B or C. It's it's one A, one B, and one C. Okay. That's fair. So ice ball makers. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. But there's three different kinds. And the truth is, I have two of these. And... I kind of wish I had the third one. I might actually get the third one for myself. So we do uh, high top Fridays in my office and we always have to use just like the ice we get out of the ice machine. So Mm. I have a bunch of these Tovalo ice ball makers and you make one ice ball per maker. Mm -hmm. And this is like 12 bucks and you get two. They freeze pretty quick. If you have a good freezer, if you put them right, like probably six to seven hours, you get like these really nice solid ice balls, which are great. However, another consideration, or the part two, 
is this clear ice maker. I don't have this exact one, but I have one that's like it. And so it, there's like a plastic bin that you put water in and it sits within like an insulated box. Mm-hmm. And then you have these, these are happen to be two inch squares. Squares. Yeah. yeah. You fill up that tray with water and then you set it down in this bath. So the whole thing is full of water. Mine does not have a lid on it. And for these eight, I'm like water sloshing around. And the way you get clear ice is as it freezes, because it freezes from the top down and from the bottom up and from the sides in. So these ice squares actually get made before the entire thing freezes. Because when the whole thing freezes, that's when air gets pushed into the ice as it's freezing. And it becomes cloudy. And it becomes cloudy. So this is how you get clear ice. It works great. I have one. You know, it's fine. Mm. It's a bit of a mess. So I have this one. You know, if you do the math, you get eight two by two by two cubes for Mm -hmm. the price of $35. So it's actually a little cheaper for the same number of ice cubes to use this than it is to buy two of those ball ice makers. Mm -hmm. I like the spherical ice cubes more than I like the square ones. So as I was looking for this, I found this one, this Berlinzo. Mm. And... So this container you see on the right, it has a line on it. You fill it all the way up to that line with water. Then you take this little black case that's over here. It's empty. And you just push it into the water. That's it. You're done. There's these little holes that are right here that actually push the water from the container up into this ice ball maker. And so you don't have to like mine. I'm like, oh, I'm guessing and I'm filling it and overfilling it. It's a mess and the ice stuff squirts out the top. It's a little fussy. Mm -hmm. This one. This is a bougie ice ball maker. <laughs> and I'm like, I love it. And they're clear. I mean, that's the point of these are supposed to be clear. Yeah. It's literally the same as the square one, but these are round. And it's like, you just fill up this bucket thing and drop them in and you're done. Yeah. But this one's $60 mm-hmm. and you're only getting two at a time. So what's the little box up in the corner that shows these six balls or something? Yeah. They give you a, one of those food grade plastic bags for you to, oh, to just store them in. To store your, so you're not getting freezer smells into your ice kind of thing. Because I gotcha. Okay. I mean, don't take this the wrong way, people, but if I'm having cocktails, I'm probably going to go through more than one or two ice balls in an evening. Yeah. So you got to do some prep work. You got to store those up. Yeah. You got to plan for this. So that's my choice for best gift for your bar. I gotcha. It's like an entry level, a mid level. And then like a upper shelf, top shelf. <laughs> a bougie level. Bougie level ice cube makers. Ice maker, yeah. All right. All right. It's funny. I like the square ones. I watch this show on YouTube all the time, and the guy uses square ones. Sometimes he breaks them, and sometimes he doesn't, but they're always like, he always has these really clear square. So mine is one item. It's very simple. I mean, I was going to put together a little bar set thing, but this is just a singular piece. That is an addition to your bar. This just goes in your bar and is a tool in your bar. And it's a little bit little bit dorky. <laughs> a little bit geeky for me. It's a shaker strainer, but it's metal cut out like the Millennium Falcon. So you're straining through the Millennium Falcon. This one just makes it a little bit more fun. N- slash nerdy. Yeah, slash nerdy. <laughs> Actually, this company... They have a lot of different kinds of strainers that you can sift through, and they're all sort of like that, where they're custom. They're just not... Oh, yeah. Look at that. Not your normal thing. There's a bunch of different kinds. Just something fun to have at your bar that's a little bit different than the typical Julep or Hawthorne strainer Yeah, that there is. So Nice. That's it. Nice. Okay. I dig it. For a while, I thought about a jigger. I have like four of them, and I... Yeah. I definitely have preferences as to which one I want to use over others. And I thought about putting one of those on the list, but then I went, well, the one I like might be not be the one that you like. Yeah. So I took mine off, but yeah, well. I will say it's a bit expensive for a strainer. It's 50 bucks. So, <laughs> Well, I mean, but I have a lot of uh, bottle openers and I have some pretty cool ones. Oh yeah, me too. And we have that George Jensen stainless steel elephant one that made the Christmas list a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. That thing is awesome. And everybody talks about it because they see it in my bar where I have it. Yeah. Can I tell you the number of times I've actually had to use it is like eight times. Yeah, four. Like I don't have to use it. I could open this with my hand, but I'm going to be cool and use my <laughs> stainless steel elephant to open it. Yes, yes, for sure. Okay. 
Let's move on to category number three. Okay. And and you're going to go first. This is a you first one. And this is the best gift for your desk. Okay. This one I had a little bit of trouble with. (laughs) Same. I did too. But I just kind of went with something. It's been on a a want list of mine. Not this exact model. Actually, I found this one as possibly an upgrade for what I had before Mm -hmm. or what I was wanting before. But it is a daily use. I mean, something that's not overly special. It's very practical. How about that? In that sense. But it's this LED lamp that's got this swing arm on it and it's really thin. The new thing about this one is that it has this side light also. It's not in just this top piece, Mm -hmm. but there's this side light that can also, it looks like it provides a little bit more light in a different direction than just straight from overhead, which I think would be useful. You know what? You know, I had an LED desk light on our list, I think, two years ago. Mm-hmm. And it was one of the more popular things that people bought because it was, one, it was super cheap. It was like $30. Yeah. And I still use it. It's the one that's on my desk in my office. Yeah. But I will tell you, it has a light from above, which is great. It does exactly what I want. But sometimes I want to take pictures of things for Instagram or whatever. And I, I, I need light really from two directions. Yeah. Because just the light down, it's like, oh, if I put my phone, I'm putting my phone in the way of the light. And so my phone will cast a shadow. Mm-hmm. So having light coming from two sides would be helpful. Yeah. And that one, again, that wasn't very expensive, I guess. It's 50 bucks, but if it lasts a long time, it's a good lamp. I don't think that's too bad of a price. No, I don't think that's bad at all. And of course, it's black. <laughs> well, duh, right? I mean, I think it comes in white also, if you're that kind of person, but those are the two choices. I went with white for my light, to be honest with mm-hmm. you, because my desk is white, so that's why. Sure. Okay. Mine is incredibly practical. But I will tell you that I have this, and I do like it, and I recommend it to people. It's this leather desk protector. Mm -hmm. The thickness is about a coin. It's about as tall off my desk as a quarter. Yeah. It's got like a felt backing, and it's a polyurethane leather, which means it's fake leather. But it looks like leather. Sure. But it's three feet long, and it's around 17 inches tall, so... My mouse, my keyboard, all the stuff I need to have sit on it sits on it without any problems. Yeah. And I like it because it grounds my working area of my desk. And so everything where it's not is where like drinks and generic papers or other stuff. Yeah. All the kind of junk that kind of is transitory on my desk. Everything that lives on this pad is this is home base for the pad. Mm -hmm. Sure. And it's not expensive at all. I think the one I put in here is $16. And I'll tell you, if you work on a keyboard or if you sit at a desk, this is way better than having like a mouse that's like the size of a three quarters of a piece of notebook paper. Like I can put my mouse wherever I want. Oh, a mouse pad, you mean? Yeah. I don't have to use a teeny tiny mouse pad. Mm Mm-hmm. And so I like it. It's not expensive. It's very, very practical. And if you want to get wacky, you can because it comes in like, I don't know, 15 different colors. You can get it mauve if you want. Yeah. I actually have a couple of those in my shopping cart. And one of them has like a world map on it. The important thing to me, that one is the size. You really want to get a big one. I don't know how anybody would do that 24-inch one. It doesn't, it doesn't seem big enough for anything, I think. Mm, it's not. You got to get a big one. Yeah. So that's specifically why this one's on there, because it's three feet. Yeah. Good call. That would be on my list as well. I, I can concur that that's a good gift for your desk. Yeah. You know, I'm proud of that selection. <laughs> More from Life of an Architect in just a moment. Andrew and I are joined today by Anthony Peachy, who has been with Construction Specialties for 12 years and holds the role of Senior Marketing Manager. His work at CS has included development of new seismic solutions for the industry, and he's passionate about the built environment embracing better solutions for the people who visit and occupy those spaces. Hi, Anthony. How are you doing? Thanks for joining us today. Hey, guys. Great to be with you. Good to see you again. It's been a couple of months, I guess. Yeah, last time was at the AIA conference, right? Yep. Yeah, good time. Where do you call home? Where are you at tonight? I'm actually in Muncie, Pennsylvania, which is about north central. Closest claim to fame would be Williamsport, which is the home of the Little League World Series. Nice. Let's jump right into this because you're generous to spend your time with us this evening. And I know that Andrew and I have a couple questions and I just want to kind of jump into it if that's all right with you. Absolutely. So CS is a longtime manufacturer of architectural building products, 
And in the coming year, you are focused on an educational concept called mastering movement. Can you tell us what that means? Yeah, absolutely. So many of the listeners may not know this about CS, but we offer 10 distinct different categories of building products for the construction industry. And this whole concept of mastering movement really came about when we were brainstorming how to tie all of our products together. And so term resilience kept getting thrown out and we kind of asked the question, well, resilience against what? And so we kept landing on these different types of movement that a building has to withstand. And it's also what architects, designers, engineers, GCs, they're designing for, just maybe in a different set of terminology. And so we know that change is inevitable. Buildings go through all sorts of change, whether it's once the building's built, the live loads that go into the building, the migration of people through the building, the external elements of sun, wind, water, rain, or fire even. We design against these things, these elements. We know that architects have to plan for it, structural engineers design for it. And so we as a company are committed to being experts in certain product solutions that address these types of specific movements. And so, as you mentioned, we're launching and are working through this mastering movement course of presentations where we're taking a look at the range of whether they're man-made elements or environmental elements that really impact buildings and the variety of issues that the buildings have to accommodate or deal with. Sounds good. So how is that educational component? How's that all going to roll out? Yeah. So we've developed a series of courses. They'll be available online, but as any CEU course, you can obviously request these and our product experts and specialists could do them either virtually or in person as well. And so over the course of I think this next year, we're going to be joining you guys and we're going to just be dropping some specific nuggets of knowledge that we've learned over our time in the industry of how to address these specific movements in the built environment. And hopefully how architects can find some pretty innovative solutions and services that can help them plan for it. Yeah. So we're excited that you're going to come on the show with us a couple times over the next year or so. But it's not always going to be you. There's going to be product experts that are specific to the kind of different types of movements that are occurring in buildings right. to talk specifically about their area of mastery, right? Exactly. So I'm doing a general overview and then we'll have some product experts that can really dig deep into some specific areas of how we would recommend mastering movement, whether that's with some of the services that we offer and then obviously the solutions that we provide at the end of a, of a project. Well, I'm glad you brought that up because I'm kind of curious about what sort of architectural solutions are you going to be exploring in the Mastering Movement Academy? So as I mentioned, we offer 10 different product lines, anything from louvers and sunshades that handle the movement of sun, air, and water. I think ventilation in a building's key, but also shading that building and making sure that the spaces inside of a structure are comfortable and not glaring. The other things that we could offer are modular stair systems and these systems really help when it comes to movement on a job site. We could talk about putting stairs up from the foundation and then doing all your landings or all your levels off of your stairs so you have instant access. Other types of movement would be actual building movement, so with expansion joint covers. And then a lot of people movement. People do a lot of damage to buildings, and <laughs> so we've got solutions to guard against that, whether that's entrance flooring systems that are keeping your first impressions great, or interior wall protection that's really holding up to the use that carts put on a building or doors that withstand all of the movement through the space itself. So we'll be exploring a variety of solutions that we've designed over the course of time. We've learned and designed and re-engineered and engineered to solve these building movement issues. And really at the end of the day, it's all been designed to support the desire of achieving a really great aesthetic and making your building function appropriately. Wonderful. Yeah, sounds great. We're looking forward to chatting with you and your team over the next year to kind of learn more about all these individual pieces. So thanks for joining us today and kind of give us an overview. Absolutely. It's great to be with you guys as always. It's great for you to start this off for us and we're looking forward to having it all breaking down over the next couple of months. Visit MasteringMovement.net for more information and to learn more about how Construction Specialties has been creating inspired solutions for a more intelligently built environment since 1948.
All right, so here we go. We're going on to the next category, which I go first, and it is the best gift for your kitchen. <laughs> I'm going to tell you right now, I've lost this battle. I don't know. No, I've lost this battle. I don't know. I don't know. So I mentioned something to my wife about it, and I go, hey, guess what I put on my gift list for this category? And she kind of, uh, her shoulders dropped a little bit, and she goes, is it an appliance? <laughs> and I was like, uh, Maybe. <laughs> I just walked out of the room. <laughs> My wife's not a big appliance fan. She doesn't like all that stuff sitting on the counter. And she goes, if it's not sitting out, you're not going to use it. Yeah, That's a tough call for me, too. Yeah, it's a tough one. It gets cluttered some, I think. Yeah, and I'm also not a big fan of, like, one-tool things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, a lot of times those appliances aren't cheap. The reason I chose what I chose, I'm really not loving the way the, the picture of me is being painted by some of these gifts. If someone really wanted to drill in. <laughs> but what I went with was this Arrow Garden Harvest Elite, which is an indoor grow garden. It's got LED mm -hmm. lights on it that you can raise and lower above the things that are growing. Yep. I have a friend of mine, Lane. He has one of these. And shockingly, somewhat dubiously, they use it. And I asked, I go, so do you use this thing? He goes, oh, we use it all the time. And his wife kind of jammed in there and she's like, oh yeah, we use it all the time. And they're growing all kind of different lettuces and stuff like that in theirs. Lane and I were carpooling to work on this particular day. So that's why I was at his house. And so it's like, it's early, seven o'clock something. I'm in his kitchen and this thing, this arrow garden is just overflowing with lettuce. I mean, not like eight little tiny pieces of lettuce, but I mean, it's like horn of plenty mm -hmm. of lettuce. And I asked him, I go, do you actually use that? And Lane... And almost to make a point, started picking lettuce off it and eating it. He's like, it's so good. <laughs> it's like, whatever. That's stupid. The reason why I would end up using something like this is actually for herbs. Uh-huh. I wouldn't be growing lettuce in this thing. I'd be growing like basil and mint and tarragon and chives and things like that. Mm -hmm. If I was really being honest here, like 80% of it would probably be mint for cocktails. <laughs> so... Mm -hmm. so like, I can't grow mint right now because it's too cold. Like, I can't grow outside. It's done. It's done for the year. Yeah. And I don't like having to go to the grocery store and pay $5 for really three or four drinks worth of mint mm -hmm. before the rest of it's all going to rot and go bad. Mm -hmm. I'd rather just grow it on my kitchen counter. Fresh mint whenever mm -hmm. I want. Yep. These things are not cheap, though. You buy them based on how big you need them to be. Yeah. So the one that I've linked to is around $160. There's a smaller one that you can get. I couldn't find it, but I know it exists. Like if you go to the actual Arrow Garden website, this particular one is like $115 or something. It's cheaper than what's listed here. So there you go. There's my gift. Yep. I have one of those in my kitchen cabinet. You do? <laughs> yep. Do you use it or is it just sitting there gathering nope. dust? It's sitting there gathering dust. Oh. Well. Use it for a while, but it requires some upkeep. I'll tell you. Is yours hydroponic? Because this is hydroponic. Yes. And the problem that I would run into is it would run out of water and you wouldn't really know it. Mm. So it's like you kind of have to really monitor the water. But granted, this was a long time ago. So it may be now that for all I know, it's smart enough or there's a light that comes on when it needs water or something. But I mean, mine I've had for, oh, over a decade probably. Oh, you've had yours that long? Yeah, yeah. A long time ago. Oh, for sure. Because now they connect to like smart devices. See, I didn't have any of that stuff. It may be easier. It did good stuff. It grew stuff. It was just hard to maintain. So, I will say one of the things that cracks me up. So if you go to Amazon, which is where I go, because it's easy for everybody to get. You don't have to worry about yeah. returns if something doesn't work or whatever. Sure. So customer ratings by feature. One of the things that people have ranked it on is flavor. Like this got nothing to do with flavor. Like you're not eating this thing. You're eating the things that grow in the, <laughs> the thing. The things that grows. But they have good flavor. Why would you be ranking the flavor of this piece of equipment? I mean, obviously, the lettuce tastes so good that you'll eat it at six in the morning. Come <laughs> on, man. Okay. Yeah, I'll ask him. I'll put a little asterisk when I write this up, and I'll ask my buddy Lane, like, what happens with the water? Does it tell you? Is there like a little light on the side that monitors the water level so you know when you got to put it in? Yeah, and again, it's, the technology is probably way better than it was when I had mine. Or actually, I should say, actually, I received it as a gift. Whoa. Fancy friends. Well, uh, parents. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
So I still think I lose this category for sure. This is the ultimate in pragmatism that I'm about to blow here All right. for the kitchen gift. But it is 100% on my list because it drives me bananas right now. Is it bananas? <laughs> no. Oh. It is this organization thing for spices in my cabinet. Because you want all your spice containers to be the same. I want all my containers to be exactly the same size and they'll fit in there appropriately. And So these are essentially just square glass jars with a round top that are like four ounces, all the same size. And it comes with all these labels and everything. You can put it on the lid. You can put it on the face. And then everything is the same. That is, you are neurotic for sure. Well, actually, the biggest reason I want is I can fit it in my cabinet better. Yeah. Because all these odd sizes, every time I go to start cooking stuff, I'm like a bull in a china shop trying to sift through and find this stuff because they're all different sizes. And so, yes, I may be a bit neurotic, but because there's actually a rack that you can put in your cabinet too that goes with this, but I didn't want to go that far. Equally sized, and it just makes me feel better about life. Okay. We're not putting this on the list, but that same person I mentioned earlier, Miranda, uh huh, she bought us the bougiest spice rack you've ever seen in your life. Uh huh. And it's this beautiful three tiered tray. And it's almost like the spices are more in pucks than they are tall, tall vials. Oh, yeah. But their bottoms are magnetized. So when you put them on their place, they rotate and face oh, the correct yeah. way. Oh, yeah. She loves it so much. And I looked at her and go, you got to be kidding me. This thing's pretty expensive. She's like, I love it. Yeah. She's so happy with it. The other thing about it that I think that's nice is some things, at least in my groceries or my HEB, I can buy loose, I guess loose, I don't know what the term is, but spices out of the bulk food thing or whatever, you get a little bag of, you know, onion powder or whatever it is. Right. And I could do that and just refill these things. So also there's a little bit of less waste in that process. Well, okay. So the reason why that probably works for a lot of people, I don't know that it would work for me because I don't use my spice at the same rate as all of them. Oh yeah. So I have bigger containers of some spices because I go through them pretty quickly and I don't want to be topping off vials every week and a half. Well, I mean, and I do too. It just depends. But I guess for me, it's just that if I was to show a picture, I have like 14 different sizes of things. I could have big and I could have these and then it would be fine. All right. Okay. I don't intend to be harshing your gift. No, it's fine. I told you it was very pragmatic and yeah, maybe a little neurotic. All right. I get it. Okay. So we got the next category. We're mowing through these. We're doing good on this on time here. Let's move on to the next category, which is best gift. Under $20, which for the record, I've already had a couple that could go into this category. So when it came time for me to pick one specifically because it was under $20, it was hard. Mm -hmm. But I think I found one that a lot of people are going to want. But this is your turn to go first. So you're going to have to wait. Oh, is it? Yes. Oh, man. <laughs> I had a couple of things here. I was going to go with a theme to match my gift for under $20 last year. But I decided not to. And so actually what I'm going with is this little mood lamp. I don't know what else you want to call it. But my kids have something very similar to this in their rooms. Mm -hmm. Simply it's an LED lamp, but it can change multiple colors. It puts out a pretty good amount of light for just kind of hanging out. So it's a nice little mood setting feature that you can have in your bedroom or your kid's bedroom or, I don't know, maybe somewhere else in your house. But Can you control it with your phone or something? No, this one I think is like touch. So you like tap through and it'll change. Sure. I tap once and it's this color, the next one, the next one, the next one, or whatever. It kind of cycles through. I guess that's why it's under 20 bucks. Yeah, it is $16. Nice. And they have two sizes and this one's a little bit bigger. So it's still not very big. It's only like five inches tall, but yeah, that's it. Really simple. Yeah. I'm sure it'd be good in kids' rooms, college rooms. Mm -hmm. Maybe on your bedside table, possibly. There's certain activities that that light is made for, probably. <laughs> Yeah, I suppose. <laughs> okay, so I'll go to mine. And I'd be surprised if you go, you might have to get this one for yourself. Okay, I'm waiting for it. That's how confident I am that you're going to like it. Okay, it is a Lego coffee mug. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, so the mug itself isn't actually made out of Legos, but it's made out of surface that Legos can attach to. Mm -hmm. So. You can build your own, you can snap whatever kind of Lego pieces you want on it. Mm -hmm. You can build something on it. And so like you're drinking your coffee, you could have a skyscraper rotating around, <laughs> you know, yeah. in front of your face. Sure. Obviously, you can customize this thing into uh, anything you want. Yeah. 
You can even get, like, you can stick people on it if you want. Oh, it comes with a little bit of stuff, too, it looks like. Just a few. Comes with a little bit of stuff, but I think most people... <laughs> yeah. kid. Most like, architects probably have Legos from their kids all over their house. Yeah. And, I'm yeah. Gonna, and look, and you can get it in black and white and green and red and blue. Lots of different colors. Oh, yeah. Lots of different colors. Oh, that's cool. But yeah, I'm pretty sure that most architects can get their hands on some Lego pieces pretty easily. Yeah, for sure. If not, drop me an email. I've got... <laughs> Eight billion Eight million pieces. pieces. I'll be glad to send you. Yeah. A plastic bag full. <laughs> you can build your own custom Lego coffee mug. Pretty cool, right? And it's only $13. Uh, yeah, that is pretty fun. Yes. And you know what? I've never seen one. So you can be the first person in your office with a Lego coffee mug. Scoreboard. Yeah. I think it's interesting that some of them are the, the innies and some of them are the outies. Yeah. On there, so like you could actually plug Legos into it as opposed to I don't know. That's interesting. Variety, I guess. Spice of life. Yeah, all right. fair enough. Yeah, but that is pretty cool. All right, so we're going to move on to the next category. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think we're either halfway or a little bit beyond halfway done. Yeah, I think so. Without me actually counting. <laughs> so the next gift we have is the best tech gift, and I'm going to tell you, I'm not really the tech guy. My tech needs are pretty simple. You know, a lot of times it's like, ooh, here's a terabyte storage that nobody can break into. Like, it's all that kind of stuff. And Yeah, I know. You got to really be into that stuff to open your present under the tree on Christmas or whenever you get your gift or however you get your gift and go, hmm, it's a terabyte of storage. It's not super fun. Yeah. What I selected is also not super fun. <laughs> well, you blew it out last year. with I think that was your iPad was the one last year. You know what? And I got it. That was a big one. I know. Right. I practice what I preach here. So the thing that I got, I actually have two of these, okay? Well, that's not really true. I have two versions of this. Mm -hmm. So let me show you the one that I'll put on the, I'll put both of them on the list, to be honest with you. There you go. Look at that. It's a desk clamp power strip with USB A and C ports. It's four outlets, $42. Mm. So I have one of these at my office. And I love it because I don't like crawling underneath the floor to like have to plug stuff in. And now that I've got an iPad and I got to charge headphones for calls, so it's like I have a lot of outlet needs that a couple of years ago maybe I wouldn't have needed. Mm-hmm. So like plugging in monitors, plugging in power bank for a laptop if you need it or an iPad like mine or being able to charge my phone. So that's why I have this on here. But there's ones that you can get. That will allow you to attach it. Like this one just kind of clamps on. So it's easy access. Yeah. They have ones, they have versions of this that you screw a plate into it. And then the power strip, it's not really a power strip. It's it's just an outlet bank. can slide into it. And I actually bought one and I attached it to my couch at one end. Like our couch is up against the wall and there's an outlet behind it. And guess what? Both plugs are being used by lamps to either side of the couch mm-hmm. so we have to unplug one of those and plug in a little six foot power strip and that thing sits on the ground and on the floor and you know it holds dirt back there and it's constantly sliding around as we're trying to dig because i want to plug my phone in and sit on the couch you know and use it i don't have to worry about that anymore now you can get these things and i can actually screw it to the frame on the underside of my couch so it's not obnoxious it's not in your way but I can have super easy access for charging laptops or phones or something when you're on the couch mm. rather than having to go stick it on the counter 10 feet away. Anyway, that's why it's on there. These things aren't very expensive. You can get them with more stuff, but this is about a $40 item. Totally worth it. And so there's one cable that goes and plugs in to power all this, essentially. That's right. Okay. You have one plug, and from the one plug, you get the two all USBs, stuff. Yeah. the Cs, okay. the A, and four outlets. Yeah. And if you're, if you're careful, if you decide this is for you, you have the option to get a three-foot cord, a six-foot cord, or a ten-foot cord, which for some people that makes a difference. Because really, you're just trying to bring the power to the people. Yeah. So right. there it is. I think it's a nice one. Yeah, that's interesting. All right. So dazzle me with your tech <laughs> gift. Mine's not that dazzling, I don't think. But again, I mean, maybe not quite as pragmatic as yours, but... It's sort of fallen in line with a lot of stuff, I think, maybe just from the podcast and things that we're doing these days. But it is a sure USB laptop microphone. Mm. 
So the microphones that we use for the podcast, they're sure. They're high-quality microphones. Mm -hmm. And this is their portable version. It's pretty small, but you can plug it in and set it on the desk and use it as a laptop mic, which you know I think for all the Zoom calls and everything else that you're doing or people are doing these days, that this is a really good way to get nice audio from your laptop or from wherever you're at as opposed to having to have a super high quality profile mic or whatever like we do. Sure. But this company, we know they make good stuff. And so that's why it's on my list. I mean, it's a little pricey. It's $90, but it plugs in via USB and it's not very big. You can fit it in your laptop bag or whatever and carry it around, but always make sure that you've got good quality sound for all of your online meetings that happen all the time now. Yeah, I like it. I like it. Okay, so the next category we have I think we're starting to get into the ones that I found that were more fun for me to select gifts for. That's funny. If I'm being honest. And these were more challenging for me. More challenging. Well, it might just be that I have a philosophy. So look, the title is, this is the section that's best gift for a young architect. Mm -hmm. So my philosophy on this was, I didn't want something that was in the moment. Like it's a temporary, like this will be good. You'll use this for a while and then whatever. I wanted to say, like somebody with some money would buy something for this young architect that they wouldn't be able to buy for themselves, and they would keep it for the rest of their life. Oh, wow. That's kind of how I viewed this. Wow. Now I'm setting expectations pretty high there, man. I know. Because mine is not like that, but... Okay. Well, let's get to it. You're up. Oh, am I first? Oh, man. You're first. Okay. Well, I am, with this selection, I am breaking my own rules, first off, that I always harp about. In the way I say that you should behave, or not behave, but act in the office. But again, in this day and age, some things have changed, I think. It sounds like headphones. Yep. Headphones. Yep. The Beats Studio 3 wireless noise-canceling over-ear headphones. I got these actually for my for my daughter my, about a year ago. I got it for her last Christmas, actually. And she loves them, and I've used them a little bit, and they're great. They really drown out everything, and you can wear them for a long time. They're pretty comfortable. And I think it's just a good thing. And I mean, they're... Right now, I think they're like 150 bucks, but normally they're about $200. And so it's a good way for you to maybe be able to focus, drown some stuff out around the office if you need to, and dive into what you're doing and be able to wear them for a long time, which I think is good. You know what? I don't think you could have enough headphones on these lists. I've had headphones on probably half of every Christmas list that I've ever put together. Yeah. In fact, I go to the office every day with two sets of headphone cans mm -hmm. and then in my bag i have earbuds of some kind yeah earbuds that go in there as well yeah because i like them for different reasons mm -hmm. and like i'm using the bose ones right now and i really like those but i have those ai 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 studio mm -hmm. headphones mm -hmm. which allow me to pick what type of speakers i want i can build it so if I want to listen to music, I don't want to use my Bose. Yeah. I mean, not these ones. Yeah. I want to use those because those are studio grade DJ headphones. Mm -hmm. I really like those. So I like it. I think everybody needs a good set of headphones, quite honestly. Normally I've got, I mean, I've got these headphones on right here, but they're corded for this stuff. But as I've started back traveling again, I mean, normally I just travel with earbuds, but I'm starting to decide, man, I, I got to get me a pair of over ear noise canceling things so I can drown out everything when I'm traveling. Yeah. I may get a set of these for myself, but for some reason, I got big ears. <laughs> like, I can't- Because they're attached to your big head. Big head, I know. But I have to try to find a pair that'll actually cover my ears instead of sit on them. You might want to look at those AI ones, too, then. Mm. Yep. Those ones are nice. Okay. Okay. My turn. Ooh, yep. this is a good one. All right. It's like, this is, should be the best gift on the list, I think. The way you're pumping it up. No, I mean, I have others that I think they might even be better. I have all right. So this is the Alver Alto Stool 60. So it's a piece of furniture. Mm -hmm. And I actually have a couple of these. Yeah, I do too. And I didn't pay. So right now, the one I'm highlighting, you can get them for 375 bucks. So that's expensive for this little stool. Mm -hmm. But it'll never go away. And I'm like, $375 to spend on something that somebody will keep literally for their entire lives? Pretty inexpensive gift, I think. Yeah. I'm feeling pretty strong about that. You can get them with different colors if you want, but most of them, like, don't get the black lacquer one. That's my only request. Don't get this one. So you can get them in, like, different colors, honey stains, and mm -hmm. 
So the ones that I have are the natural lacquered birch veneer ones. Those are the ones I have. Yeah. And they're great, and I love them. And it's funny to me. I think when I got mine, I got mine for under $100. And now they're... This particular, like the natural lacquered ones, three seventy five. Yeah, I'm pretty sure if, if I was a little hard up for cash, I could sell mine <laughs> as used, like not brand new, used for probably more than the new ones go for. Yeah, interesting. So that's what I went with, and I feel that if you're a person listening to this, trying to figure out what to buy your architect, and you've got the kind of wherewithal to buy something like this, you should consider it. Yeah. Because they'll keep it forever. This will never go away. You can't say that about very many gifts. No, you can't. You can't. The one comment I will make about this is I don't feel that they're that great for tall people. If you're an architect and you're six foot four, this is probably not the stool for you, I don't think, in my opinion. I don't sit on them. I don't sit on mine. Oh, okay. I tend to use mine as like end tables tables or I put them in corners and I have like cool pots on them with plants growing on it. I use it as a table. Not as a stool. That's fine. That's fine then. Anyway, so that's the philosophy behind. And I go, man, if you had a bunch of them, look, at, look, that's cool. I know. Stack them up. It's so awesome. I know. Yeah, they stack. They're just cool. They're really, really cool things to have. Mm-hmm. All right. So that's mine. Okay. All right. Now we're rolling into the best gift for a seasoned architect. Seasoned architect. And since you went first last time, yeah. I go first this time. Since you're more seasoned than me, then you get to go first. <laughs> well, I, f- I feel pretty good that the thing that I chose, it's the same thing. Just because an architect is old, er, doesn't mean. <laughs> <laughs> I liked it. Yeah. I know. I had to, I, it was a quick recovery yeah. on that. Yeah. So it's the same kind of idea. You want something that's going to stick around forever. Okay. And for me, I chose the Artemide Ptolemyo desk lamp. Oh, okay. Yeah. Now, I love this lamp. This is a classic lamp. Mm-hmm. But I have a caveat. You can buy these where they clamp onto the edge of the table. Do not buy that one. You need to buy the one the base. that has the aluminum base to it. <laughs> yeah. I'm not wrong, am I? No, not at all. Definitely with the base. Yeah. This lamp, I mean, it's a classic. Mm-hmm. Again. It'll never go away. They will use this for the rest of their life. If they ever need a desk lamp, that's theirs. Yeah. And they won't feel the need to replace it, ever. Yeah. Is this, I guess they haven't updated it, the electronic or anything in it? It's still, it's not LED or can you get No, it is LED. It is LED, okay. You can get these LED. All right. And it's like a matte aluminum frame. No, yeah, it's, it's nice. You know, it was, it's funny. It's been around now. It's funny when it came out. I was in college. Yeah. So obviously it came out a really, really long time ago. So 1989 is when this design came out. Back when light was invented. Yeah. Yeah. So 33 years ago. Yeah. But I'm telling you, it's a beautiful light. Again, it's not cheap. It's $425. Mm -hmm. It's an expensive desk lamp. But again, for the rest of your life, I think that's, it's not expensive for something that you're going to keep. This is a generational light. If my dad had this, I would have taken it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. If he had this when he was in college or 30 years old, 50 years later, I would take it. It'd actually make it cooler. It depends how seasoned you are as to whether or not you get a good use out of it for the rest of your life. (laughs) Yeah, if you get it when you're 80. Yeah, you may not get that much out of it. You'll appreciate it with the time you got left. Exactly. (laughs) So that's my selection for a gift for a seasoned architect. $425, the Ptolemyo desk lamp. Okay. Mine is a completely different vein, completely different direction. And actually, I think it's quite different than than what I really maybe set out to do originally. Oddly enough, I was looking at cardigan sweaters and shawl collar sweaters. (laughs) Wow. Mainly because, I mean, I buy some of that stuff. But what I ended up choosing for this is actually something, it's a risk, I think. It's a risk. It's actually a subscription Uh to the Calm app, which is relaxation and helps you sleep and it's supposed to help you de-stress and there's all these things that you can listen to on your phone to help you kind of mellow out and to me my thought process was sometimes I get pretty stressed with work because I've got so many balls in the air that it might be nice to sit down and listen to something very soothing and help me relax at the end of my day or before I go to bed to possibly if at all possible clear my head before I try to go to sleep because me as a person that has all kinds of stuff on their plate that's hard to do and so this was what it is It's a subscription model, and then there's all these sort of different 
audio sessions that you can listen to, depending upon what you want to do. If you want to de-stress, if you want to sleep, if you want to try to focus, if you want to do this. And there are always these very calming. If somebody's talking or they read a book or poem, it's very, very calming, very soothing. Not quite ASMR type stuff, but close. Everything is very, very soothing. When I was looking at that, I mean, you can't see it here, but the annual subscription for that for a whole year is $70. That's not crazy to do an experiment. Yep. What if it works? That would be worth it. And if you, just as a person are interested, when I was going through earlier today, if you're a new subscriber, like right now, if you start a subscription, you could get a year for like $45 or something as a first-time subscriber. Mm. So even if maybe you are a seasoned architect and you want to try it, I was thinking this might even be good for young architects too, possibly. But I think a way to, to maybe try to help improve your mental health and possibly just de-stress yourself a little bit. Because especially right now, the way everything is, I think everybody in the profession is on the edge of everything almost all the time. So yeah, maybe a way to push back from that. But definitely not an expensive experiment. Well, you know, it's funny. Since you brought it up as a topic, you know, I go to sleep most nights wearing headphones. Mm -hmm. And I do it because I have a hard time turning my brain off. Yeah. Not because it's so high powered. I just, I don't sleep much as it is. Yeah. Despite the fact I wish I slept more. Like a good night for me, I get about six hours sleep if I'm lucky. Mm. And a lot of times what happens is when I fall asleep, it takes me 20 seconds to fall asleep. It's not hard. But if I'm thinking about anything, that sometimes I got to get to a point. And what I found is if I listen to something, I can get to that 20 seconds almost immediately. So I've been doing books on tape for years now. Yeah. And so most nights I'll put a book on tape on and I'll set the timer for 10 minutes. And the next morning when I wake up, I know that I have to rewind the entire 10 minutes because I know that I didn't hear any of it. That's how fast it puts me to sleep. But you can also get stuff where it's like summer rain or you can listen to not like a noise machine. Yeah. I go more with the, like, since I'm wearing headphones, it feels like it's raining in my head. Yeah. So I ought to look into that calm app. Maybe it's something that will give me what I need. I logged in. So you can see now, like, what they have. What do you want to do? You want to meditate? You want to sleep? You want to listen to music? You want to do work? You want to calm, this is funny, calm your kids? Like all these sessions, some sleep stories, somebody will read you stuff. And I'm assuming it's very, very smooth and, and calm. I'm tempted, really tempted again to try it for myself because it seems like something that might be useful. And if I can get it for on sale right now, I may grab it. Time to strike. Yep. Okay. We're on the last, we're on the last category of gifts. We are. Yep. This is a fun one, even though it's like impossibly hard. It's fun, but hard. Yeah. So this is the best gift nobody has heard of. And you're first, so you have to... Oh, am I? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Well... Mine's going to blow your mind. I'm sure it is. This one was a tough one for me, actually. But what I went with, it's kind of a personalizable gift in a way, which I think partly may make it better. It's called GraphoMap. Oh, yeah. This is 100% your kind of thing. Yeah. And so, essentially, you can put in... You can put in this, an address, a city, any of this kind of stuff. Oh, that's cool. It'll generate, you can put in my home address, and then it generates a map for that, and then it makes this image, and then you can customize the way that it calls out what the address is and how it looks. It has longitude and latitude, or it doesn't. And then you can choose a bunch of different finishes for it, however you want it to look. Classic. How big can you make it? Because I saw that one says 8, eight by 12, so that's not very big. You can get up to 20 by 30. Okay, that's cool. And at, at 20 by 30, it's like 60 bucks. And then you can also choose to have it framed, which I think is an extra 70 bucks, I guess, to get this thing framed and have a 20 by 30. And you can look, I can zoom in if I wanted to. to Get more or less of your home. Get more or less exact on a location. Or if it was like somewhere you went for vacation, any kind of thing like that you want, it'll pull up and it'll make this really design representational graphic of some location on the globe. That is cool. That is really, really cool. And so it's pretty neat. I thought it was really neat. You could give it as a gift or whatever. So Okay. Yeah, you might have beat me. Dang it. I thought for sure I was gonna beat you. It's it's actually pretty neat. Okay. Oh, I'm so bummed because I thought <laughs> You're going to like the one I got for sure. Because it's also, I go, what yeah. I chose is also, I go, this is an Andrew thing. Yeah, that's funny. I didn't think you were going to like that one that much, but yeah. No, that one's really cool. Hey, if you're listening, folks, you need to go check that one out. That is really, really cool. Yeah. Okay, so here's 
what I have. Boom. Oh, uh uh-huh. So this is a French company, and they specialize in vintage posters. So I just happened to type in Bauhaus. You can look for almost anything that you want. Oh, okay. And they also, they'll print them for you, and they have like a bunch of different sizes you can get. Or this is one of those companies that will actually, you can buy for almost nothing, a digital file of the image Mm -hmm. and print it out yourself. For example, this is a digital collection for $7.89, and you get six of these, these six Bauhaus posters. Yeah, the Bauhaus posters. How cool is that? Yeah, that is cool. That is really cool. And all of these are like really, really groovy. Mm-hmm. And so, so like Basquiat. Here's another one. I just typed it in. So look at all these cool Basquiat posters that you can get. Oh, yeah. That is cool. Right? Mm-hmm. And, ooh, that was a good one. Here's another good one right here. These were real. They existed at some point. Yeah. And the sizes you can get, almost all these go up to at least 24 by 36. So By 36, yeah. They have some that are AO size. Mm-hmm. I think these are really cool. And one of the things that's important, and this is a big deal, and I was talking to somebody in my office about it. So I think a lot of people don't really know how to size art that goes on their wall, to be honest with you. And they'll have a wall that has like three pieces on it, and they're too small for the wall, and they look weird. Yeah. So I'm going to put in the post. There's actually a really simple formula, and it's not hard to remember, so maybe people remember it. If you measure the space where you're putting your piece of art, measure the width of the wall, and the height of the wall, okay? Mm-hmm. And then you want to multiply that dimension by 0.6 to get the minimum size and 0.75 to give the max height of the size. So 0.6 is minimum, 0.75 is maximum. Interesting. So if you go, here's how wide it is, take the width, 0.6 minimum, 0.75 for either one of them. And it'll tell you how big a piece of art should be to fit on that wall. I didn't realize that. That's an interesting form. It doesn't work for my house, but sure. Mainly because I've got giant walls. Well, like, yeah, because you have triangular ceilings. I've got 12 by 16 foot tall walls. Yeah. So, well, part of it might not be like in my office right here. I might want to say, I'm going to measure from the top of my couch to the ceiling, yeah. right? So I'm not actually measuring the entire wall. Oh, the whole wall. And I want it to, I might measure the length of my couch I got you. rather than the length of the entire wall because I want it to fit above that space. So I'm measuring the space where I want it to go. Yeah, I got you. So that'll tell me, you know, how much area should I fill? All right. So I think they're not particularly expensive. And I go, look how cool all these things. I mean, how cool is that? Yeah, that is really cool. Even that the biggest size before it wasn't that expensive. Yeah. And if you have access to a digital printer, like you can print out your own and you can get these things for a couple bucks. But even if you go to, like, the Bauhaus stuff, there's a lot of these. They're all posters. Yeah. And so they're of a size that's not ridiculously difficult or hard to get your hands on. So, mm-hmm. okay? Yeah, those are cool. All right, so that's this year's gift guide for architects. And while we've been at it for a while, we're going to try to squeeze in a holiday version. What's the rank? And you came up with this. Yeah. So I'm going to have to go first. Well, there's a few ground rules, too, that we got to explain. Yeah. So here it is. It's the holiday version. And since food is clearly the theme for 2022, what's the rank? We're going to rank the top three holiday treats. And treats just means you consume it. It goes in your mouth. It goes in your face hole. (laughs) Yeah, it goes in your face hole and ends up in your belly. Yes. That's what this means. So it could be sweet. It could be savory. It could be drinks. It could be whatever it is. Yeah. Some sort of holiday as you said earlier, consumable. Consumable, not edible, consumable. Exactly, yes. And the reason why, first, it was going to be like a food, like specifically a food. But then my brain instantly went to, well, for some people, they want eggnog. Like, they don't eat, drink eggnog at any other time, yeah. but it's a holiday thing. Yeah. Look, my hand is in the air for someone who thinks eggnog is literally one of the grossest thing that exists. I think eggnog is one of those things, like, nobody's on the fence. You either love it or you don't. Yep, I would agree. So we should give somebody the opportunity to say eggnog is one of my top three holiday things. That's good. (laughs) It's probably you, because you're (laughs) demented. Okay, so I'm going to go first. All right, yeah, let's do it. I'm going to go with the very generic number three. It's just cocktails. And the reason is, well, I drink cocktails all year long, (laughs) 
but I typically try to come up with one every year at Christmas, mm. you know, around this time of the year. Like a new one or something or a iteration of one or something? Yeah. A couple of years ago, I did the Alvaralto. You know, I went to Finland and I had one of those and I was like, I'm going to figure out how to make this. Mm-hmm. So I always try to make kind of a holiday type drink. Gotcha. But I, I will tell you that the holidays to me means parties and drinking cocktails and having mimosas or drinking wine or, I mean, there's... Yeah, always something festive going on. I drink way too much during the holidays. It might be whatever I drink during the year is equal to what I drink during the holidays. During those like five weeks or six weeks from Thanksgiving to New Year's? I know. It's rough. It's rough. So that's my number three is uh, holiday cocktails. Okay. Generic. I apologize, but that's what it is. That's okay. It's fine. Here you are. You get to hate me. <laughs> mm. Don't say it. It is. It is. It's, it's eggnog. My number three is eggnog. Gross. But that's because I like I like it as an alcoholic beverage. I'm not drinking out of a carton eggnog. Doesn't everybody add booze to their eggnog? I hope so. You should, for sure. But yes, that is it. And it's the only time. And again, it's not like something, if I have a night, I'm having six glasses of eggnog. Mm. I have like one, and that's enough for the day or that night. For the season. You know, I actually, I already bought some and cycled oh, through it, ugh. a whole container already. All right. I shouldn't make such a stink about it because uh, that's rude. That's fine. At my Christmas party last year, everyone was very nice. They're like, oh, here's a bottle of gin. Here's a bottle of wine. Oh, uh-huh. I got a, a lot of booze at the parties that I threw last year. Somebody gave me a bottle of eggnog. Mm. I threw it away unopened about a week ago. <laughs> was it like an alcoholic bottle? I don't think so. I think it was, you were meant to pour bourbon in it or something. Oh, okay. Because, I mean, some of those, as you can get at the liquor store, it's got alcohol in it, even though it looks like it's... I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it's like a, a handle of Bailey's or something, but it's eggnog. I don't know what it... It's, it said eggnog, and it had Santa Claus on the front, and it was in a glass, it was in a glass bottle. And you said garbage. And I just <laughs> threw it away. I kept it for 11 months, and then I was like, okay trash okay i mean it's fair that's fair not my thing all right all right number two the very generically named holiday meatballs and i will tell you there's meatballs that i grew up eating that were only made at christmas it's a recipe that it probably came out of like a 1952 betty crocker recipe Mm -hmm. book i mean it uses chili sauce grape jelly and meatballs and you make it. Mm. And everyone who eats it goes, these things are unbelievable. And I said, you'll never be able to guess what's in them. And nobody ever does. Unless you're that person that's had them before. But they're like little warm things. So you make it in a crock pot or something? Yeah, I make them in a full-blown pot, but yeah. Okay. But I mean, it's like a toothpick warm kind of hors d'oeuvre thing. Yes. They're cocktail meatballs. Okay. But my mom used to make them. And then when I got about five years old, I started helping her. And by the time I was about eight i made them by myself (laughs) she just passed that task on to me (laughs) yeah and so i've made these meatballs every year of my life for about the last 50 years in some capacity interesting yeah i don't think i've ever had them i mean i've been at your house around the holidays but maybe not at the right moment they only show up on christmas eve that's it oh okay that's it and if there's leftovers then you know maybe you can get them on the next day or two but i got you it's a christmas eve thing it's a Christmas Eve thing, but it's the only time I eat them, mm. but I can't imagine not having them. Gotcha. I'm trying to think here. I'm probably going to stick with savory, even though I've got a choice right now between sweet and savory. Since you went with this, I'll kind of go with the theme. They're like sausage cheese balls. Yeah. I know the kind of, it's like made with Bisquick or sausage. Bis- Bisquick, and yeah. Cheese. And sausage and cheese. And they're kind of warm, but they're kind of these lumpy little masses. But the only time I eat them is the holidays, and I will eat three dozen in a setting, probably, yeah. if I can. I just love them. I don't know why. Again, it's one of those things that have been made since I was a kid. Yeah, it's a classic holiday snack. I wonder if it's a Southern thing. I don't know if it's something to do with the South, but yeah, it's holidays. And that'll start next week at Thanksgiving. <laughs> we didn't eat those in my house, uh, yeah. but this holiday time of the mm-hmm. year, they'll show up at some point somewhere I'm at. For sure. Right. It, undoubtedly. Okay. Number one. Mm-hmm. There's really could have been like 20 things on here. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff that I only eat at this time of the year. Yeah. And honestly, when you say, ooh, 
holiday treats. Yeah. I don't think Thanksgiving. Me neither. It's after that. It's between Thanksgiving and Christmas. It's a Christmas. We're talking it's Christmas now. Yeah. This is a Christmas post, let's be honest. This is a gift guide. Yeah, essentially. And it's coming out after Thanksgiving. Yeah. So. Number one for me is a prime rib roast. Oh, look at you. Yeah. Hitting the bougie mark right now. I have mastered how to make the flawless prime rib roast. Wow. Can't mess it up. Cannot mess it up. Nice. Nice. Not only do you like to eat it, but you like to cook it. Or no, you like to eat it more than you like to cook it. Well, I mean, I don't love cooking it. I'm indifferent to the cooking of it. Yeah. Okay. The thing that matters is it's a really expensive piece of meat. Mm -hmm. There's a little bit of a clench factor to screwing it up. Yeah. If I overcook, this hundred and eighty dollar, yeah, roast. I'm um, yeah, prime rib roast. I'm uh -huh. gonna lose. I'm. It's gonna put me in a bad mood. Yeah. So I've got like the rub that I put on it and all that kind of good stuff. But essentially, what you do is you just put it in the oven at five hundred degrees for five minutes per pound, mm -hmm. and then turn the oven off after that time and leave it in there for it's like three hours. Oh, really? And it is flawless every single time. Like you cannot screw it up. It's amazing. Interesting. Well, my number one is nowhere near that bougie. My number one is in the exact opposite direction. It is probably the cheapest holiday treat that you can have. You're like chocolate dip pretzels. <laughs> close. Close. <laughs> okay, let's hear it. It's homemade Chex Mix. Okay. Like, that's always something that happens, again, back to when I was a kid. Make it, combine the stuff, put the drizzly stuff over it, the butter and the spices and all that, and put it in the oven and bake it. Oh, yeah. For me, that's always it. I like it hot out of the oven, but I also, it's just way better than buying it in a bag, mainly because I can kick up the spices a little bit or yeah. change the flavoring some. And, you know, as a kid, I was always trying to hunt through the pile and get the ones that had the most coated that were kind of glued together, four or five pieces of stuff, because the butter and everything was there. And so, for me, that's it. That screams holiday treat slash snack for me is Chex Mix like that. You know what? It's funny you brought that up. It made me think about it. In the last couple of years... My wife has made that, and we'll have like a couple giant baggies full. Mm -hmm. And then you just, the amount that you stuff in your face is <laughs> disgraceful. It is. It is. Because you just plop down at that bag and you just sit there while you're doing something else. Yes. Handful it's, after handful. Because it's so good. Uh-huh. Yeah, because it's so good. I know. Okay. Well, that wraps up the holiday version of our What's the Rank and our gift guide. So I'm going to say that's the end of today's episode. Thank you for being with us today for episode 114, Holiday Gift Guide for Architects. Special thanks to our sponsor, Construction Specialties, maker of architectural building products designed to master the movement of buildings, people, and natural elements. Construction Specialties has been creating inspired solutions for a more intelligently built environment since 1948. Visit masteringmovement.net to learn more. In addition, special thanks to our media partners, Building Design and Construction, for their ongoing support of the Life of an Architect podcast. Want to get every new episode automatically downloaded? Make sure to hit that follow or subscribe button on your podcast player of choice so you can get alerted every time we publish a phenomenal new episode. While you're there, please consider leaving us a comment. And I would greatly appreciate it if you would leave us a five hose rating. To get even more content, head over to lifeofanarchitect.com for blog posts, links, and info about this festively generous episode and all the website has to offer. You can even add your own voice and join the conversation. Thank you so much for tuning in. Take it easy, everybody. Happy holidays. Cheers. Cheers.